You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched you watch work out in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it and I run in that case and thank you. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial. Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook. Glad to have you up and Adam with us on this beautiful Thursday. I've been out on Tuesday, almost made me say Wednesday, Thursday edition of the Martin Houston Show. We are live and local and glad to have you with us uh, once again on this beautiful morning. Let's get things going by letting you know that this is a day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone. You be the difference you want to see in the world today. Do not be persuaded by those who do not want to be a difference maker. You be the difference maker today. I want to welcome you into the conversation. You can join us at 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. The Taco Casa hotline is open for business. So give us a call. Let us hear uh, from you on the Taco Casa hotline, or you're always welcome to get in uh, on the conversation via chat uh, from the social media world. Uh, post your thoughts, your comments, uh, your questions, etc. there, and we'll work those into the conversation. Uh, we had a great show yesterday. Didn't get to get to everything uh, we wanted to, so we just keep carrying it on uh, from one day to the next, like a, a conversation around the table. We pick up uh, right where we left off uh, and continue right on. Of course, today we will be bringing Hank South, into the conversation, and he'll be a part of that conversation uh, talking about recruiting. He'll be joining us in the um, second half, uh, kicking off the second half in the third quarter. Uh, So definitely want to get you into it. And we'll bring uh, Mr. James Ludeman in this morning. Good morning, James. How you doing, sir? Good morning, Martin. I'm uh, I'm good. You know, I'm looking at that – I'm looking at that weather report uh, in Miami after the uh, 25 degrees that it's going to be here in T-Town tomorrow. And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm kind of liking my chances here in Miami with 70 degrees uh, over the weekend. So I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. It's national, almost to the national championship, man. We're ready. So when do you head down? 
Uh, I leave on, well, I'm leaving Saturday to go to, uh, my family's and, and I'm flying out of new Orleans cause it was cheaper. Uh, so Sunday morning I'll be in Miami and then, uh, I'll be there until, uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, James, uh, is a transplant. Where are you originally from James? I'm from Tampa, Florida. So I'm not, I'm about four hours from Miami. So you're getting to make a little, uh, Hopefully a little home home visit, a little home time with the family. And then he's going to be bringing us live coverage from the national championship game. Uh, you've had, had a, a pretty good ride um, so far. Uh, we haven't talked a lot this week about Notre Dame, uh, so we'll do that here. Uh, going back. Now, James, when the last time we played Notre Dame, all of the reporters, uh, including Ryan Fowler, who – host a game uh when he got down there he said one of the biggest things uh to him was just how shocking the difference uh was in the size of the alabama players and the athletic build and look and you know he said you could see before that game ever started that notre dame had zero chance did not belong uh brian kelly he 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 seemed to try to imply that this Notre Dame was was built different uh, than the previous ones, uh, and that they belong. Um, of course, the score didn't bear that out, but did they at least look like they belonged before the kickoff? Because they were beat before the kickoff the last game. Yeah, I, I would say the last game a few years ago was just it, it was just a mess. And, and you're right, Martin. They looked completely just the, the way you broke it down was perfect. And in this game specifically, um, it was a lot of the same except for you felt like while Notre Dame wasn't going to win the game, I agree with Ryan on that, they're, they're kind of like that pesky fly. You know, they, <laughs> they do things that, that you're kind of like, okay, you know, we can't allow that. You know, we can't do that. Uh, Ian Book really tried to be that next level quarterback, and and there were some throws that he made that was very that were very good. Uh, the running game for Notre Dame was was pretty good. There there are some things that Alabama has to clean up in, in order to compete uh, against Ohio State on Monday, which I think they will, uh, and they've already started that process. But but yeah, you just look. You know, I remember I went to not to take too much time here, but I went to the Mississippi State 100%. game, and. I remember going down to the field level right over by the tunnel where everybody, you know, where Alabama runs out, and, and I just watched the offensive line warm up. And, and I just am like, wow, these these guys are just on a whole different level. They look good. They're, they're doing the right things. And, and listen, you can win a game in warm-up just as much as you can lose a game in warm-up. Uh, I mean, it's it's just as important on both sides. So uh, I agree with you. I think Notre Dame was never really in it. Uh, I think they were still reeling, to be honest, uh, after the loss to Clemson. I, I think it was just something they never were able to recover from. Yeah, and you start thinking, uh, of course, Ohio State win, you know, momentum. Big Mo uh, reared his ugly head on poor Clemson, and um, they never got anything else, you know, going. Um, and, and they couldn't couldn't stop the the tide. But you have to think Notre Dame's thinking we're top four. Clemson drummed us. Ohio State uh, drummed them. How far 
do we still have to go? And and that's probably what they're thinking. But looking back at that game, a couple good, bad, and uglies, uh, we, we didn't really get into that this week because there was so much stuff to talk about from from the weekend. Um, you know, uh, some of the ugly from that game uh, is, is back to your point where I think we're going to have to to fix. We're going to have to fix the running game against Ohio State. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, you know whether or not um, Justin Fields is, is is ribs are okay and whether he's going to be a hundred percent and even some insinuations that uh, uh, I saw <laughs> you'll get a kick out. I saw a post yesterday yesterday uh, and it was a picture of someone catching the um, exact moment that. Fields got hit hit in the ribs, but the 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 uh, caption under it said, "This is the exact moment that Ohio State had COVID, got caught COVID." <laughs> so, so <laughs> uh, either way, whether it caught whether COVID legit or not, when you look at what's happening with this team, if we don't stop Trey Sermon, uh, the Oklahoma transfer, it really it really doesn't matter uh, how good uh, Fields plays because I know a lot of people say, hey, can Fields play the same way uh, that he did? You know, and, and if we can't stop the run, it won't matter. Uh, they will they will feed Trey Sanders. And if you go back, I guess I'm, I think Alabama wins, James, but when I look at this game, does does that kind of concern you that we could see another one of those Ezekiel Elliott type of games against our defense? Because that's what beat us the last time. Well, I'm I'm concerned personally because of what I saw in the SEC championship. I mean, Kadavius Tony uh, did it, they they threw the ball a lot more Florida because that's the kind of offense that they run. But there were times when when Alabama's secondary was not able to wrap up. Uh, Tony in the run, and if they do these kind of uh, um, trying to think of the, the play, these screen draw plays and things like that, that could give Alabama some trouble. And listen, Sermon is unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I watching this guy is just is, I, I, man, I, Oklahoma really lost out on Trey Sermon big time because it's it's he's a talented player. Uh, he could do a lot of things in the open field. And I'm telling Alabama, I said it the other day uh, on Tuesday with, with uh, D.C., Alabama's almost going to have to play a perfect game to win this. I know people want to discredit Ohio State and, for their games, and I'm with you on that. But if they come out and fire the way they did against Clemson, I'm not going to say Alabama's going to lose because I, I think they're too talented to do that. But it's going to be a lot closer than I think people – I think that eight and a half that the spread is right now, I, I don't know if I trust that right now based on what I've seen from Ohio State. Yeah, well, well, I've only seen that one time from Ohio State, so uh, they are going to have to prove to me that they can do it more than one time. Um, but, you know, they had the running game going against um, um, Northwestern. Uh, and they had everything going against Clemson. So you, you, you're asking yourself, are they gaining momentum or not? That's a question to ask. And, and if they are, 
they become an extremely dangerous opponent. And you and I both agree uh, that we don't like the fact that Ohio State is even in this situation. Uh, but with that dislike uh, comes no disrespect for for the team because we totally believe that that this team is talented enough to win a national title. Uh, and if, if it's going to happen, uh, it's going to happen a certain way. Uh, we're getting a couple comments. Uh, Curtis Moore said, Ohio State ain't got the caliber of players on offense like Florida did. Uh, they don't have a Tony slash Pitts, et cetera. Um, and then Chuck Hunt saying running back Trey Sermon is dangerous at Ohio State. I would agree they don't have Tony and Pitts, but I will say they have Alave and Sermon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was and, about to say the same thing. It, it may not be the same <laughs> level offensively, um, but it's. I mean, <laughs> based on what I've seen from Trey Sermon again in, in the in the few games that I've seen, obviously. Uh, there's there's a lot to like with Trey Sermon, and, and he's yeah. he's a dynamic running back uh, who's very good in the open field. So Alabama's really going to have to be good as far as their tackling, and I, I don't want to say they have to play a perfect game, but they're they're really going to have to be on point defensively. Well, you would hope in a national championship game if they got the right teams in there that it does require a good game. I, you know, I don't want to see Alabama win because. Oklahoma, I mean, Ohio State makes a bunch of mis- unforced mistakes. Uh, I want to see Alabama come out and play like a national champion against Ohio State team that plays well. I don't, you know, now if we make them play bad because of the pressure we put on them offensively, say we get out, you know, 14 nothing, and then they get away from the run and uh, they ask Fields to start throwing it all over the place, we get some interceptions. That's Alabama playing well. But if they come out and they're fumbling the ball, throwing it all over the place, who, who wants to see that? Uh, ultimately, in the end, Alabama wins. Uh, but I, I really want to see Alabama come out and absolutely throttle this Ohio State team. I want to see them put their foot on their throat and, and please forgive my language here and choke them out because I don't like the fact that they're in there. And, let, me, and, let me ask and, you this, Martin, real quick. If – Ohio State, by some miracle, wins this game. Do you, do you put an asterisk on, on this championship for them due to eight wins? Well, absolutely. Remember, don't you remember what the Ohio State fans in conference and Big Ten were saying when they were not playing? See, everybody has forgotten that. Do you not remember that they were saying that whoever wins this will need to put an asterisk on it because the Big Ten wasn't playing? Before any games were played, they I, were saying that. I just they thought they changed it, the rules again, you know, because they changed the rules. I just thought they changed the rules again because that's all the Big Ten ever does is change the rules for Ohio State. So I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, they, they literally – of course, you, you. I mean, when, when you look back, this was – I don't know that there's even any of the old school teams that only won eight games uh, – if you do, where, where do you have to? How far back do you have to go to see where a national champion only played eight games uh, for the full season, much less played eight versus the other one playing thirteen? I just just think about what we just said. Ohio State would have to play five more weeks, 
five more opportunities to go out on the field, get hurt, get injured, get tired, have fatigue, have burnout. What's one of the things, like like having played the game, I'm going to tell you, there it takes a man to, to finish out a college football season um, when you're having to play week in and week out. Why do you give buys? Why do you give a bye week? How many times did Florida play in a row before they got a bye week? Eight. Florida was a fatigued team. We hey, we took advantage of it. They they in Ohio State has played eight games over a what three month period or four month period, three and a half months. It's just they're fresh. Uh, and they looked like a fresh team that had all their players back against Clemson. Clemson looked like a team that had played a full season. So it, it matters, and it matters big time. Um, so, yeah, I'll pout all offseason, um, uh, James. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it up front. So if you listen to the Martin Houston show um, and Ohio State wins, just know I'm going to pout about their national championship all year. So <laughs> I set it up front, right, Joe? Hey, hey, it's, mean, be, it's being honest, you know. It's yeah, being I'm honest. just being honest, guys. I don't like it. I do not like it. The only way things end right for college football is if Alabama wins. And I'm talking about college football. I'm not talking about for Alabama. I really believe this will uh, have changing, lasting impact if somehow Ohio State were to win it. Uh, at eight games, there will have to be different conversations, James, in the offseason that, um, um, that, that, that you can no longer say. Think about the committee next year when they're talking about strength of schedule. In the ACC, SEC, plays eight games against SEC opponents every single year. How can you say anything about the other four games? No matter who they are. You just said Ohio State playing six conference games was enough to see that they were the fourth best team in the country. How can you not tell that the SEC guy who plays eight games, why do you care about the other four teams they play? If you don't care that Ohio State only played six. All right. We have to get the break here. Curtis Moore is making a, a comment that I want to address because he, he keeps saying to beat the man, you got to beat a man. It's not about beating a man. It's about the man doing the same thing and uh, two men. Us going against Ohio State would be the equivalent of letting letting one guy go out and, and fight the, if you're taking a boxing match, for instance, he boxes four rounds. Then I come in in the fifth round and we go 12 rounds. He's already ahead on points because he has four rounds under his belt, right? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm fatigued. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I've won. I've won the first four rounds. You come in or five rounds. Technically, I've won the first five rounds, and then you come in fresh, James. Who has the advantage? The guy who came in fresh after I fought five rounds. Of course, I may be a much better team. I mean, much better boxer. But the fact that I had to box five rounds, and now we have 
uh, uh, eight more rounds to go and you win out. Well, are we talking like, because if we're talking like Rocky Balboa, there's no way I'm winning. Because Rocky always lost in the beginning rounds and then came back. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying. I, I know, I know what you mean. I'm just kidding. No, no. I'm saying because I'm fatigued after fighting five rounds and the wear and tear it took on my body. You get body. Okay, let's let, let's just and, and like I know I know I'm long and we'll have a short segment in the next one. But I want to get this point across. When did we? When did Christian Harris get hurt? Uh, that Arkansas, was the, uh, right? Yeah, that was yeah that was in uh, Arkansas, right? Correct. Game what? Ten. Right. Yes. When did Landon Dickerson get hurt? Game what? Uh, what was that eleven? Eleven. So two of our most important players on both sides of the balls got hurt at, at, at points that Ohio State is still three, two and three games from reaching. And you can't – and people say, well, but that was an individual game. Listen, they, they – yes, Ohio State is talented, but they have a distinct advantage having not had to play – and go through the wear and tear of a season and, and the, the accumulation of the hits and the blows and the practices and all of this that go into it. Now, would you rather be a talented team that is fresh, has all your players, don't have those nagging injuries? Because from about the fifth or sixth, maybe sixth or seventh game on James as a football player, you know – when the next time I was healthy from about the sixth or seventh game of the season, you don't know, next time that I went out to practice and I actually was healthy and did not have some type of physical ailment or nagging injury or sore muscles or tender shoulder or twisted ankle. You know how, how many games it was before I got to that point, I, uh, before I was completely healed? Uh, the I next, was the lucky if it was the bowl game. And if it wasn't the bowl game, it was usually the offseason about after about six or seven games. Well, that's where Ohio State is. They're still healthy. Alabama's already into the offseason when I played. I mean, we played, you know, we played 13 games. We were 13 and 0. And that was the end of our season. And so this was a regular season for us when I played the number of games they've played. And Ohio State sitting at seven and 0. Go figure. Anyway. All right. Come back on the other side. We'll We'll have a, a quick conversation about a couple other things. We'll get some of these comments in. And I know we have a call. We'll take them coming immediately out of the break. You listen to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, we start our Thursday morning accident-free. Now, we do have a disabled vehicle on Skyland southbound past McFarland, so watch out for that. And if you see other conditions, give us a call. Start the new year right with a brand-new Nissan from your hometown Nissan dealer, Towns and Nissan of Tuscaloosa. You'll save thousands. I'm Captain Ray. Cloudy with occasional rain across West Alabama today and tonight. The high today, 49. The low tonight, 38. Tomorrow, the sky will stay mostly cloudy. The high, 45. And for Saturday, partially sunny with a high in the upper 40s at 49. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you 
you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Martin Houston show. There's a lot of thoughts and comments out there going on uh, on Facebook. I mean, uh, about uh, this week off and Curtis Moore saying that Clemson uh, and Notre Dame were giving a week off. You know, Curtis, that's true. But they did that so that one team would not have an advantage, not to give the other team an advantage. Um that that that's why they did that. That that was because one of the teams was scheduled to play and the other one wasn't. They weren't giving it. Uh, they weren't trying to create an advantage for one team over the other. Unlike uh, the Big Ten, who gave a huge advantage to their team versus uh, by changing the rules, putting them in. And if if the number of games don't matter, why do we even play schedules? You know, I mean, uh, how many? Nick Saban has one perfect season. One perfect season where he, the greatest coach in college football, has managed to go through the schedule one time without a bump. How many times were we 7-0 and and then lost? How many times have we been 10-0 and and lost? How many times have we been 12-0 and and lost? It matters how many games you play. That's all I'm going to say. If you can get to the championship game after week eight, Alabama would be in the national championship game every single week, every single year. All right, let's get to Lake Martin. Uh, you're you're in, uh, John from Lake Martin. How you doing, sir? Hey, good morning, sir. Doing great. I hope you are. I am. I am. Listen, uh, as far as the discussion of the number of games, I'll never forget years ago, I was listening to Greg McElroy uh, on a call-in show, and somebody called in and said, why don't we expand the playoffs uh, like the NFL? And I'll go 16 games. And Matt just went off. He said, you don't realize the toll a game takes on the body. He said, you just don't realize it until you played the game. You do, Martin. But he was saying that when he was in the NFL, he woke up in the morning and his entire sole job was to get ready to play football. In college, you go to class. You go to tutoring. You got you got all these things you got to do, and then oh yeah, you got to practice and play football on Saturday. He said if you went to that many games, it would just uh, destroy the body. So you are so right in saying that there's a huge advantage for Ohio State there. Yeah, absolutely, without a now, doubt. <laughs> one of the questions that I wanted to have you guys uh, go over. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, as you have in the past, uh, I I think when teams are close, and I, I think it's a little closer than, than a lot of the Alabama fans are thinking it is, it, that they're a good football team. they got talent at Ohio State. But uh, 
I've always heard in games like this, it's won and lost in the trenches. Uh, you can have all the superlative uh, players you want uh, on offense, uh, but if you don't win the line of scrimmage, uh, tight games are, are tough. I'd like to hear you guys go back and forth on uh, comparing the two lines of each team. Uh, without a doubt, and we'll get deeper into this, uh, uh, John. But uh, they weren't John. But absolutely, it's one and lost in the trenches uh, in so many ways. Uh, you know, I think that's why Chris Owens uh, becomes uh, integral to whether Alabama is able to win this game or not. If he's able to, uh, you go back and look at Trevor Lawrence. May be the most talented quarterback to to ever play college football. I don't know yeah. that. But he's mediocre and average when um, the three defensive linemen from Ohio State camped out in his backfield. When he didn't have time to set up and go through progression, when when he would go through his reads and he would step up and that center was in his – I mean, that nose tackle was in his face all night. It didn't matter how talented he was. Uh, It didn't matter how open the wide receivers were. It just it didn't matter. Uh, it didn't matter how good ETN was as a running back if there were no holes or gaps open. Trey Sanders may be a beast, but when Trey Sanders isn't getting hit till he's five yards downfield, that all starts in the trenches. And so I, I do think everything starts and ends in the trenches. Alabama voted the best offensive line in the country. Of course, that was with Landon Dickerson. I think this game is a great opportunity for uh, him to show uh, that um, um, that that he he is a, a quality player and can, and can help Alabama win. He, um, he he didn't play great against Notre Dame, um, but he he will have to play better against uh, Ohio State. Uh, and, and, of course, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> Thanks, Lake Bart, John. We'll talk more about that because I think that is one of the key matchups for Alabama, and we'll talk about that t- on tomorrow. All right. Hey, let's go to Robert in Mobile. Robert, you're in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, man? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about your what you said earlier about Ohio State. And well, we've, always, we've all said this already. But, you know, it's kind of funny. They were there were there were rumblings of them wanting to delay the game, <laughs> and they want a they want a two week or two week uh, break after they're playing one rough game. <laughs> so let alone after playing five more games, uh, five more games that they didn't get to play. But you want a two week break from that after you play Clemson? You, you're trying to, I, I guess, finagle another couple another week of uh, uh, delay on the game. Um, Ohio State claims they're not trying to do this. Because you because of the of this plan last week, when like you said, Clay, you look fresher than Clemson. Uh, you uh, you played like what's it five fewer games? Of course, it's a distinct advantage. And, but you haven't played the game and telling people, hey, that's an advantage. That's a lot more different than the rest of us who haven't played college football. Okay, you really hey, know that's an advantage because you played the game. Hey, Robert, think about this. How how big a deal is it that this game was not scheduled for one week? Just think if Ohio State had to play tomorrow versus Saturday, uh, Monday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, I you mean, get your quarterback dinged up and another player is dinged up. Right. You, 
when you when you get to take off every time somebody gets banged up, and, and I, I want to address up. Curtis Moore said, "Hey team, do you remember Justin Fields' petition? This is this, I, I understand. I understand the whole point." about Ohio State wanting to play from the beginning. This has nothing to do with the Ohio State being good enough, has nothing to do with the Ohio State players. It has to do with a league that is being rewarded for what they did. This league chose to – let me take you back to it, Curtis uh, Moore. They were in a meeting. They were in a meeting with all of the conferences, and they said, hey, guys, let's not do anything until we get more information. That same day, the Big Ten came out and said, we're canceling the season. They had a meeting with all of the league, all of the conferences. In the same day, uh, the Big Ten came out and canceled. Then they went and said, we're never going back, and we're not going back. Well, then when everybody else started playing, they come back and say, okay, we're going to do a league. We're only going to have eight games, and you have to play six games to get to the conference championship. Ohio State should not be there based on the qualification that their team and their league said from the beginning, and then they changed the rule to put them in. Oh, it's because so they were about to get sued by all the parents. Huh? That that's why, they, that's why they came back. It's because all the parents of – of the teams in the Big Ten, we're like, well, we're we're going to take this to to lawsuit because we don't, you didn't do things the right way, and now our student athletes are paying for it. So you're right. you're one hundred percent right. They they're terrible. The big Kevin Warren needs to be fired after this this game because he's but, terrible. But listen to this, James and Robert. They came back and changed their own rules. They said that the. the Ohio State did not qualify for their conference championship. Now, 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 Curtis, if it doesn't matter that they only played seven games, why did the Big Ten set a rule and said, hey, you have to play six games to qualify? Because they understand that if one team plays fewer games than the other ones and the other ones plays the full schedule, they shouldn't be in. That's why they had the six-game rule. Then, then in order to get Ohio State in, they said, ah, let's change the rules. So oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Big Ten itself felt like the number of games mattered. Or they yeah, wouldn't have set the six-game rule. Right, Robert? Yeah, yeah. rules and laws, like we the conversation we had before, have to be uh, grounded in more than just uh, you can change them on the fly. Otherwise, you're just a king handing down edicts and the king's edict can change because he's in a bad mood. But rules and right. laws are supposed to be found and grounded in more than just than just how you feel at the time. You can't function like that. But that's all the big uh, ten wants to function. Oh yeah, well yeah, that was a rule, but we changed it now. Well then you're not then you're not handing out rules and laws. You're handing out edicts, and you're a king. <laughs> okay, well if you're a king, we gotta treat you like such. Because like, you might be in a bad mood today. Well, the king's in a bad mood. We, uh, but this edict does not change. The taxes were. Uh, 10%, not at 50%. And maybe tomorrow... Hey, I'm going to have to get out of here. I'm, 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 I'm running late because I got Hank South coming up. Okay. But I just, want, I just want Curtis Moore to answer the following question. If the number of games does not matter about naming a champion, why did the Big Ten have to issue and change their own rule about six games? If, 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 if they had to make a special provision 
on a two-game difference, understand, the maximum number of games that had to be played was eight. And they felt like if somebody did not play six games, then they were not qualified to be in the to have the opportunity to play for a championship. That's what the Big Ten so felt. And so right, how like is it said. wrong for me to feel like a team that played seven games should not be qualified to play in a championship where everybody else played at least 11 games and one team has already played 12 games? Why is that wrong for You're me right. to feel that way? I, I don't it's get – I don't the media get, should be pointing this out. Do what? It's not wrong, and the rest of the media should have been pointing that out a long time ago. But they want to know how I say it in there. We know how the media does when they when they want something. Rules don't matter to that. Right, they're gonna <laughs> okay, go. Good time All right, you, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it, Robert. Thanks, man. Coming back on the other side, we're going to get Hank South in. He's going to talk recruiting. I let him know that we were running a little behind because of this intense Ohio State conversation it doesn't matter what i think what i feel ohio state in and if alabama's gonna be uh, a national champion uh, i will give curtis this Woo, rick flair baby you're gonna have to beat the man if you want to be the man and either one of these teams is gonna have to beat a good team to be the national champion i'm still not gonna back off of the fact that they do not deserve to be there even though they're good enough to be there Coming back on the other side, we'll catch up with Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we start our Thursday morning accident-free. Now, we do have a disabled vehicle on Skyland southbound past McFarland, so watch out for that. And if you see other conditions, give us a call. Start the new year right with a brand-new Nissan from your hometown Nissan dealer, Townsend Nissan of Tuscaloosa. You'll save thousands. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also 
he'll assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. Oh, man, I, I love those intense conversations that we have. It's great debate here on the Martin Houston Show. Uh, you're welcome to your opinion, uh, and, and I'll give you mine. And sometimes I give it to you pretty strong, but uh, it's still your opinion, and I'm not disqualifying it or discrediting it. But, hey, listen, um, we have to have that conversation, and I just think that Ohio State um, – barely played enough games to qualify uh, with their championship game to qualify to get into the national championship. That's all they had to do was play six games. Think about that for a second, six games, and they qualified to be a national champion. Hmm. All right, let's get to Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Good morning, Hank. How you doing, sir? Hey, good morning, Martin. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I'm sorry about running a little late, but we got into the intense conversation about Ohio State and the fact that uh, they've only played uh, seven total games, but they're playing for the same championship as a team that's 12-0. and 0. Uh, And, uh, of course, if Alabama had only played six or seven games, would I be arguing for Alabama to be in? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That don't mean it's right, <laughs> but I would be arguing for them to be in. So I get the Ohio State thing. But anyway, uh, it's been kind of fun and intense this morning. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring Pat in because he, he had to hold through that, that challenge because he knows you normally come in in the second uh, second half to kick things off. So, Pat, you're in with Hank South, 247 Sports, uh, Bama Online Recruiting. Good, what you got for him? Good, good morning, Hank. Uh, hey, do you agree with me that this game is pivotal, pivotal for the uh, recruitment of JTT that uh, I, I want to tie the game into – uh, the recruiting question that I had, uh, because, uh, JCT has, he has, hello? hello? You're still here. Hey. Keep okay. talking. All right. All right. My question is, is it, uh, the recruiting of JTT in this ball game has a big pull because, uh, JTT has been to Alabama, even though it was in 2018 and has not been to Ohio. And uh, that do you not agree with me that this is going to be a big deal for his recruitment? And and even though most of the talking heads are saying we're only going to take a safety, uh, that I think that there's no way in the world we can say no to this defensive uh, end talent. All right. Hey, um, what's the name? Uh, I think we lost uh, Hank. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, we'll, we'll hope. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, I, and I'll answer that from my viewpoint till we get Hank back on. Um, the um, I, I think, without a doubt, Pat, um, it, it it has impact. Um, you know, I, I can tell you, my son, um, it, going through the recruiting process, has learned that um, you know, having seen a place and met people matters. Um, 
And so I would say that, you know, if it's really coming down between the two, um, I think he's going to look at which one, first of all, does what he does. Um, He's, you know, his position, is it more highlighted at Ohio State or is it more highlighted at Alabama? Uh, And so, uh, and in this game, it it would be – one of those things that would determine. Uh, Hank, welcome back in. Uh, Pat's question uh, in, in synopsis is, uh, will um, the fact that JTT has been to both, Al- I mean, been to Alabama's campus, seen it, had a feel for it, even though it was over a year ago, it, it, seeing these two teams match up and they're his one and two or one A, one uh, B, whatever he has going on, uh, could that potentially uh, persuade him to choose the Todd. Yes. Yeah, is Hank? Is it's Hank there? Morning. Yeah, we have back. James, did we lose Hank again? Yeah, he he's coming. Sorry, it's we're having some technical phone problems this morning. Hang on. That, that that's part of it, man. So, um, hate when that, that happens, but, um, okay, you, we're um, good to go. Hank's you, back you, with you, us now. Okay. All right, Hank. Uh, did you hear the, the question, Hank? I didn't, I think y'all were talking about JT maybe, but I, I didn't hear the just, question. Yeah. Just a synopsis. Pat was asking, would this impact him? Uh, the fact that he, these are his one, a one B or whatever you want to call it. One, two, uh, does it give Alabama an advantage? The fact that he had he's been on the campus at the uh, Crimson Tide. I think in a way, yeah. Um, everyone that's projecting Ohio State is doing it, you know, with with uh, not very high confidence. Um, he's actually uh, JT Tumolo is supposed to be on the uh, the twenty four seven Sports Recruiting Podcast today, kind of breaking down everything. They're going to ask him about uh, the game coming up and. His finalist, he's down to five now, but, you know, most of this talk is just Alabama and Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that's a big benefit in this race, you know, uh, especially going down the stretch, the fact that he's been to, been to Tuscaloosa before he's never been to Ohio State. So um, that, that's, that's one thing to look at. Um, you know, will he take visits um, on his own and kind of just get out to these schools and, and see them for himself? Um, it, it's possible. I know he's not really holding himself to um, announcing on on signing day, so he he could take maybe take this recruitment past uh, past February into the spring. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I think that's an advantage right now. Will he get to Ohio State? Maybe you know he I, th- I think that's something he he's working on doing. But um, you know he he continues to talk with Saban. He's continuing to talk with Freddie Rose, defensive line coach, and uh, and yeah, he has that experience actually being on campus. So I think that certainly helps. Yeah, it's your fellas. We're here. Yes. Did you have anything okay. else, Pat? Okay. That was that was the only thing. But uh, well, uh, most people are saying that we're only taking a safety. Does Hank not agree uh, that uh, we there's no way we can turn down uh, uh, JTT? No. Yeah. I mean, I think he's. I think he's a guy that they they don't want to turn down at all. I mean, I. I'm not sure exactly how much more room they could make, but I mean, he and Terry on Arnold are, are certainly still priority targets. So, you know, both wanted in, I'm not sure how they kind of make that number stretch work, but um, I can't really see them 
try, uh, turning that down at this point. All right, fellas, hey, have a blessed day, Hank. And, uh, hey, maybe we can get Sean Payton to come in and uh, do a breakfast speech uh, Monday morning. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah, y'all can read in what y'all want to to that. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pat. All right, Hank, uh, you, you mentioned that their top two targets. is It's just crazy what Nick Saban does with these numbers, but um, if if he has to, has to choose one or the other, do you have a feel – uh, for for which one of these guys he he's gonna go with? I I couldn't honestly you know I, I you know that's kind of that's hard to predict. Um, you know I think kind of looking at the you know what, who has the better, better chance of ending up in the class. You know I, I thought Terry on Arnold has been a Bama lean for a while. You know I crystal balled him to Alabama back in the spring. Um, you know there's, there's kind of some some. Uh, you know, there's some drama surrounding Florida right now, it seems, with their staff and all the NFL rumors with Dan Mullen. Um, you know, George has been in it for a long time for him. Um, obviously, has Xavier Story now signed um, with that program, and that's a close friend of Terrion, so that's something to watch. But, you know, it's always kind of come back to Alabama when he's talking about his recruiting. You know, he's close with Salison Seri, Charles Kelly, um, obviously has a really good relationship with Nick Saban, um, and he's been to campus a couple times. So, you know, he has that familiarity with with the program as well. So, um, I think, you know, if I was making a pick, I'd say Terry on out of, you know, in my opinion, as far as, you know, the better chances. But again, you know, it, it's very, very close with uh, with uh, Alabama and Ohio State for, for JT. And, and it clearly, you know, distance isn't a factor for him, you know, with with these two schools kind of seemingly sticking out for him. He still has Washington where he's from in his final group, but it really seems like it's going to be either the Buckeyes or, or Bama um, come come whenever he decides, maybe, maybe in February, maybe beyond then. All right, looking at Alabama, the fact that the news around Sark was announced uh, that he's going to go to uh, Texas, and uh, of course there's been some rumors around coaches going with him uh, potentially, um, and one of the names that popped up since he is not signed uh, because of uh, he committed after the early signing period, is there any rumors or innuendos conversation out there regarding Wheaton possibly um, keeping his recruitment open to even consider going to uh, Texas with um, Sark. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, there's going to be rumors of course about that, but I, I don't think there should be too much concern, you know, at this point, you know, Kamar Wheaton considered Texas early, uh, but it was more towards the end. It was Bama, Oklahoma and, and LSU, um, you know, I, I don't think he's really looking around much. I think, you know, he made his decision after the early signing period, so he just couldn't sign. I think he's pretty locked in with Bama, um, you know, just from talking to people around it. Um, and with with Stark in, in Texas, you know, I, I think their kind of main priority at this point is LJ Johnson, who's another elite running back in the state of Texas that, that they're pushing for alongside Texas A&M. So I think that's kind of where, um, his focus is as he, um, you know, works um, to, to finish their class. Um, so we'll, we'll be watching it, but I don't think there, there's a huge level of concern. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't think, and, you know, I say this, but, you know, you never know. Uh, I don't think Stark's working on, you know, getting a new head, getting a head coaching job and immediately, you know, taking one of Bama's top commits. Maybe, you know, if some coaches do that. I, I don't really see that being as being something that, that Stark's going to try to do. But, and again, you know, they're, they're recruiting LJ Johnson, the other, top running back in the state so i think that's where their focus is right now and i think kamar wheaton's pretty set on bama 
All right. A couple guys who are big-time recruits, uh, recruiters for Alabama that potentially could join uh, his staff, Kyle Flood, um, Banks, Jeff Banks, and uh, Charles Huff. Uh, of those three, which one would be uh, the biggest get for Shark in terms of helping him uh, get off to a good start in, in recruiting, from your opinion, as far as just the state of Texas and, and, and where, where they've recruited? Yeah, the most reports I've seen have kind of linked, obviously, Kyle Flood to the OC position, taking a promotion, and then uh, Holman Wiggins was the other one, I think, that, that's been linked to uh, to going with them. I think there were some reports saying Jeff Banks is going to stay at Alabama. Uh, Charles Huff, I haven't really seen too much. But, again, you know, it's coaching search season, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think out of those guys you just listed, I think Jeff Banks would be the most helpful in terms of, you know, getting into the – you know, he has a background in the state of Texas. He uh, He's coached at UTEP. He's coached at Texas A&M. He obviously recruits um, Houston in the Dallas area for Alabama and has won some pretty big recruiting battles um, in those areas. So I, I think if you're looking at somebody that can go in there and, uh, and you know, kind of help you with that landscape of, of Texas and, and keeping top guys home, I think Jeff Banks would probably be the one that, you know, he look closest at. He's, he's currently number three in the nation in, in the recruiter rankings. Um, Charles Huff is number one, but, you know, obviously he's he's been a guy in South Florida. He's been in, you know, the Midwest. Uh, he's been in Georgia. So, I mean, that, that would help, too. But I, I think, you know, when, when you're taking over a job like Texas, you're looking to, you know, build those bridges with the, the Texas high school football coaches and kind of look at the in-state talent before, you know, moving beyond beyond your borders. Because you probably pretty much fill up your whole class with just guys in Texas if you're if you're uh, the Longhorns or the Aggies, I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Banks would probably be the most helpful. Okay. Well, we'll be watching that coaching carousel and uh, which guys t- – uh, head off with Sark and take a promotion. Uh, Hank, uh, thanks for your patience in working with us uh, through the technical difficulties this morning. Tell our listeners real quick where they can find you, sir. Yeah, BamaOnline.com. Uh, we're doing a promo right now. It's 50% off your first year, so it's a good time to join. Uh, and today I think they're doing a, a joint Ohio State-Alabama message board thread, so that should be fun to see uh, to see some discussion there. Um, and, and, you know, BamaOnline.com, 50% off right now if you sign up today. All right. Thanks, Hank. That's Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. A great follow at Hank South 247 on Twitter. Tweets out all of his articles right there at Hank South 247. Uh, and, and, and Hank, we will catch up with you next week and hopefully things will be a little more closer to normal. Thanks, sir, and have a blessed day. Sounds good. Thanks, Martin. All right. Hey, that wraps up this uh, Thursday edition. Well, that'll wrap up uh, this Thursday edition of the Martin Houston Show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning to uh, get you ready for the national championship game on Monday. And uh, we'll have a good day. Uh, Trust in the Lord always. Lean not on your own understanding, even through technical difficulties. Thank you all so much for listening this morning. And uh, we will see you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Roll Tide.
Good morning. One woman was shot and killed by U.S. Capitol Police. Three others died from medical emergencies as Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building and fought with security for several hours Wednesday. Republican Congressman Robert Adderholt, who represents a portion of Tuscaloosa County, claimed most of the protesters were peaceful. Late last night, Congress ratified the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the president now vowing an orderly transition of power. Keep up with local news on TuscaloosaThread.com. It's free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa.